the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Right now. Portions of the following program may be pre recorded. The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. Will you drink deeply yes. of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? <clears throat> you will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. Come and draw from the well of salvation. Be made clean, let Him wash you in truth. Fountain of living water, come and be made new. Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. He can refresh you. on the brink he is a fountain of living water come to him dear sinner and drink will you drink deeply of Jesus will you come to the water of life you will never thirst again let all who are thirsty
welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Pastor Ray from the National Prayer Chapel. Have you lost your first love? That's a very difficult question. Because we feel okay in whatever place we are, unless the loss of that first love leads us into deep wickedness. And then we're more easily convicted of the fornication. We know that's wrong. Or of lying, cheating, stealing. We know all of that's wrong. Drugs, alcohol. But those, yes, those things will cause us to lose our first love. And we will lose our connection with Jesus Christ. But I find a much deeper meaning in chapters 6 and 8 in the book of Romans. A much deeper meaning. A troublesome meaning. It is impossible to keep your first love if Jesus is not at the very center of your heart and you're walking in full obedience to his commands. You see, the difficulty with that first love is that it includes obedience. Are you obeying what the Holy Spirit is saying to you? If you're not obeying what the Holy Spirit is saying to you, you will begin to leech away and lose your love for Jesus. Now, I've been a pastor for many years, and I have always heard other pastors teach. And so I, in a copycat manner, have taught the same thing, which is, if you want to increase your love for Jesus, spend more time reading the scriptures, and spend more time praying but I'll tell you what I've learned that reading the scriptures and praying while desperately important in the life of a Christian will not build your love for Jesus there's something much more important that builds your love for Jesus and that is doing with your life what God has called you to do with your life. Many people think that life is about earning money. It's not. But they gladly will spend their time, that precious time of their life, they will gladly spend that time 
working and earning money. That's not what God called us to. Yes, we do need cash. But that's not what God called us to. He called us into a place where we could boldly witness that Jesus Christ is Lord. Where we could help the people we deal with day by day. In other words, what I'm saying is, if you want to build that foundation and long-lasting, complete love for Jesus, yes, you'll read the scriptures, and yes, you'll pray, but yes, you'll also do what he has asked you to do at your job, with your family, I speak with many people who, who are very serious about loving Jesus. But they have no power. Why do they have no power? Because they have not done what Jesus asked them to do. So let's talk about what that looks like. I'm going to read this for you in the sixth chapter. And then we're going to go over to the, to the eighth chapter. And Paul will finish up his arguments there. I'll begin reading with verse six. This is chapter six, verse six. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Now let's just, to make sure you understand what I'm saying from the word. When you were crucified with Christ, you left all sin. It's not a part of your life anymore. Your life is now no longer of the flesh. It is of the Holy Spirit. Verse 8. Now if we have died with Christ, we believe that we also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once and for all. That the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Let no sin, therefore, reign in your mortal body to make you obey their passions. Well, what if your passion is to open a coffee shop? That was always my passion from college on. I wanted to open a coffee shop. But I didn't do it. Why? 
because I couldn't follow the passion of my flesh. Please hear what I'm saying. Some of you have always had a passion to be a doctor or a nurse. Some of you have always had a passion that you wanted to somehow be or do a certain thing. But we have someone knocking on our door. Twilight's going to go take care of it. But some of you have always had a passion to be or do a certain thing. But that's not what God called us to be. Our passion must be what Jesus has called us to be and do. Now, have I enjoyed being a pastor? Absolutely. But my passion is not even to be a pastor. My passion is to be with people who need to know about Jesus and to teach the word of God to them. My passion is to obey the Holy Spirit because I don't trust my passions. I don't trust my will. I trust only Jesus. So this is not about what the church has taught, which is such a worldly thing to teach, that you need to take a test and determine what your talents are and then go be whatever your talents are. That's lying. Every one of you is capable of doing many, many, many different things. But none of those things are what God has called you to. God called you to himself. God called you to serve him. So now, whatever the Lord leads you to must be about serving Jesus in that place. The Lord opens doors and he closes doors. He leads us to certain places, maybe for a long time or maybe just for months or weeks. But we do what he calls us to. But one thing is very clear. We are not to let sun, I'm sorry, we are not to let sin reign in your mortal bodies. This flesh that I'm in is a mortal body. And the scripture is saying, don't obey your, your passions. Don't present your members as sin instruments for unrighteousness but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments for righteousness at your mind, your hands, your feet. For sin will not have dominion over you 
since you are not under law, but under grace. Now, if we go over to chapter 8, I'm going to read for you chapter 8. For those, in verse 5, for those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. I've talked before about the man who came and asked if he could speak with me, and I invited him in. We sat down. And he said to me, I have not obeyed God with my life. And my life is now almost over. I'm an old man. And I don't know what to do. I said, what were you supposed to do? He said, Pastor, I was supposed to be a minister. I was good at it. I enjoyed it. But instead, I said, I've got to make money. And I knew if I if I went into business, I could make a lot of money. And he was a millionaire. He went into the carpet business and he made a million. Made a lot of money. Gave a lot of money to the church. But he said, I didn't do what God told me to do. I could have won many souls to Jesus. Instead, I made a lot of money for Jesus. He said, in other words, you walked in the flesh. You didn't do what Jesus called you to do. Right now, I, I know a man who has incredible people skills and I've asked him have you considered the ministry and his answer was yes I have and so I minister on the side but I don't want to tie myself down to doing one thing I I love doing many different kinds of things wait a minute that's living by the flesh you never really give yourself to doing what you know God has called you to. But you don't want to do it. Because to you it's not as much fun as being free and skipping around and not being tied down. Well, I'm tied down to this mic. When I started this radio ministry, I said to my wife, I don't like this very well because I don't see anybody. All I see is the mic. I can hear some people sometimes stirring around, but I don't get to preach in a congregational setting. What I really like to do is, is preach to a congregation. 
to call them to make decisions and and walk with them through that decision process. But that's not what God called me and told me I was to do. You're to do radio. Okay. You do what God calls you to do. Because you don't walk in the flesh. Read carefully chapter 8. And I'm going to say this very plainly to you. In chapter 8 of Romans, it's very clear that anything that is not of the Spirit is sin to you. I had friends who who did not want to do full-time ministry, even though that's what they were called to. Instead, they wanted to flip houses. And so that's what they're doing. And they've made an immense amount of money. But their heart is to flip houses. That's their part-time job. Some of them have gotten into a lot of trouble because they didn't make good deals. And some have had to go to their family and say, family, help me. Some of the men that I knew had fathers who had done the same thing. And they were very wealthy. And so they'd go to their dad and they'd get bailed out on bad deals. And they had to continue in their business because they were in debt now to mom and dad. Or they were in debt to their wife's family. And so they continued doing what they were doing because they could earn more money there than they could doing anything else. And what was important to them was to make money. And if you ask them, why are you in this to make money? Well, because I have a family. I've got to take care of my family. Well, is your first obligation to take care of your wife and your children? No. Your first obligation is to Jesus Christ and to build his kingdom. It's not to make money. It's not to live comfortably in the American lifestyle. I want you to hear what I'm trying to say to you today. Our responsibility is directly to Jesus Christ. He is our life. It's not to our husband or wife or children, uncles or aunts, friends or family. No, your obligation as a Christian in the spirit is to Jesus. So we come back to this question of have you lost your first love? That depends on how much time and energy you have devoted 
to your business that is not a business that you were told to open or maintain by the Holy Spirit. You did it out of what you thought was a necessity. And so you spend your time now earning money, working on contracts, doing whatever it is your business requires you to do. But you're exhausted. You've not spent the time with your children or your wife or your husband. You have thought that what was more important was to make that money and to be successful. And then suddenly your life is over. You have only one life to live. This carpet man sat in my house and wept like a baby because he said, now it's too late for me to be a pastor. I have lived my life the way I chose to live my life, thinking I had to do it to make money. And now his life is almost over. And he was in the process of selling his carpet business. And then he said, I guess the best I can do is, is use my money to support the work of the gospel in ways that I can possibly do that. I said, no, 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 no. In the little bit of life you have left, ask the Holy Spirit what he wants you to do and then go obey the Holy Spirit. See, I'm not willing to live my life based on what my passions are, what I'm interested in, what I think would be an exciting kind of way to live. I'm not interested in that. And people say to me now, Pastor, when are you going to retire? What do you mean retire? I'm not going to retire. I'm going to do exactly what the Holy Spirit tells me to do. And I'll probably die doing just that. I'll be happy to meet Jesus in heaven when he says to me, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. Do you hear what I'm saying? I want my life to be a testimony to living in the Spirit and not living in my flesh. Some of you need to quit your jobs. Some of you need to close your businesses. Oh, pastor, I couldn't close my business. That's how I make my money. Oh, you just gave the clue, didn't you? It's your money. It's not Jesus' money. And so you're living, striving, agonizing, trying to pay this and trying to pay that. Asking Jesus to please help you. No. When I set my mind 
on Jesus Christ and living in the Spirit, then what I do is based on what he says. And if he says it, then he is responsible for it. You see, I want with all my heart to only do and to only be what Jesus calls me to do and be. Yes, I had some incredible business opportunities and yes, I had some tremendous ministry opportunities that would have prospered me greatly. I turned them down. Why? Because I wanted to do only what Jesus called me to do. He didn't call me to be successful. He didn't call me to make money. He didn't call me to build a mega church. He called me to humbly serve him, to lay my life on the line, and not go for the big kahuna, not to go for the big opportunity. That's not what he called me to. So when I, when I look at this chapter, for those who live according to the flesh, please understand, he's not saying here flesh that is supposedly evil, like fornication or, or lying or cheating. Flesh here is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. There are many, many good business opportunities hanging in front of your face on the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He did not call you to choose your job off of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He called you to choose the food off of the tree of life. Any other food, you will die. Because you can only go so far with any fruit that's hanging on the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So it's not who offers you the best deal. It is what is Jesus calling you to. Imagine if Peter had said, No, no, I can't leave this profitable fishing business that I'm a part of. After all, it was a very profitable business. He brought us fish to Magdala, and in Magdala, they salted them down, and they transported them to Rome. It was a good business. I apologize today for all of the interference on this broadcast. It doesn't surprise me. You see, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil will have some short-term good business deals. But they are of the flesh and not of the spirit. And Peter, he was called to be 
an apostle. What if he turned it down and said, an apostle, what's that? That's not a job with any recognition. That's not a job where I can make money. I'm not even going to be on salary. So what am I going to do? He followed Jesus. And he was anointed with the Holy Spirit. And he went out in power and paid the price to witness and testify to the glory of Jesus Christ. He paid a heavy price. He was crucified for that choice. He could have retired nicely from the fishing business. Instead, he paid with his life for the preaching and the ministering. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? We have for too long in the church encouraged young people and others to make a choice that would match their passions and to match what they thought they'd like to do and that would have a good income. That's not Jesus Christ. That's not what he's called us to. Let me read this. To set the mind on the flesh, that is, on the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, is to set the mind on death. But to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. For it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Wow! I want to please God. I don't want the life of success in this world. Now, if God gives me a place of great success and blessing, praise God for that. But that's not what my heart is hungry for. I want that first love to be maintained in my heart. I want it to be increased. I want it to grow stronger. I want to meet the Lord one day. Verse 9, you, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if in fact the spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. Oh, I've seen so many religious pastors and so many religious people in the church who do not belong to Jesus Christ. The Methodist Church changed its approach some years ago. They made it a profession to be a pastor. The church I was a part of did the same thing. You had to have a Masters of Divinity. 
in order to be a pastor in one of their churches. Well, what were they saying? You had to get your tickets punched and the Holy Spirit was not one of them. But if Christ, verse 10, is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. If the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through the Spirit who dwells in you. So I'm regularly asked, Pastor, you broke your leg. Why haven't you had surgery? Well, because my mortal body does not need the surgery of a human person. I'm not telling you that for you. I'm telling you that for me. I believe that Jesus Christ is going to heal my leg. I believe in the promises of God. If I can't trust the promises of God, how am I going to ever trust my salvation? If I can't trust God with the promises he's made in the scripture, how can I trust that God will give me what I need in order to survive and make it while I do the ministry that he called me to make? That's why I'm not on salary. I'm not going to be on salary to a church. Are you kidding me? I walk by faith in what I do. I trust what he's calling me to do. And as I do that, he provides income for my livelihood. Sometimes it's taken a great deal of trust in him. Many times it has not required that much trust. He just does it. I'm very grateful today that Jesus is my Lord. I'm very grateful that I am doing in the Spirit what he has asked me to do. For if you live according to the flesh, verse 13, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Some of you are living your life and you're wasting your life away for the kingdom of God because you're interested in paying the bills. You're interested in, in your life. I can't live that way. Verse 14, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself witnesses with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. Oh, my brothers and sisters, are you doing what the Spirit of God has called you to? 
if you are doing what the Spirit of God calls you to, the mighty power of the Spirit will be moving in your life and in your heart. And you will not fear what you're going to eat or drink. In your heart, has your first love gone out? You cannot bring back your first love by spending hours reading the scripture or spending hours doing anything else but what he told you to do. If you do what Jesus tells you to do, the price will be high. It will not please people. They'll say wicked things to you. But oh, the harvest, the joy of doing what Jesus has called you to do. And I tell you, frankly, I've made a lot of mistakes. And out of every one of those mistakes, Jesus has called me, has healed me, has confronted me, called me to repent and put my feet back on the path. I praise God for that. I would much rather be on that path than on the path where I think I can make my own way and be secure and take care of everything. Are you kidding? I can't take care of anything. But Jesus can take care of it all. Lord Jesus, I come today in your spirit, having obeyed your spirit now, yea, these many years, more than 50 years of pastoral work. But I haven't taken the successful road. I haven't taken the road that would bring me fame or money or recognition. Lord, I'm nobody. Most people have no clue even what I look like. They just listen on the radio. And that's okay. I don't need to be somebody, Jesus. I need to be a man of the spirit of the living God, filled with his presence. Lord, thank you. Thank you. You have been absolutely faithful in caring for me. Some of it's been very painful. I have a shattered hip. Often it's very painful. Now for six months I've been waiting and standing and knowing that you'll heal me. And I know you will heal me because you promised you would. By your stripes I am healed. A pagan man said to me yesterday, Pastor, why don't you go get a good surgeon and get this leg taken care of? 
And I said, wait a minute, I'm a man of the word of God. Now tell me, if I can't trust God for his promises, how can I trust God for my salvation? If I can't trust that God will do what he says he will do for me, how can I trust him for anything else? So, Lord, I come today saying, I trust your promises. I trust the call of your spirit. I can still do the radio. Even with a broken leg, I can still sit at the, at the broadcast studio and I can do your will, what you called me to do. Lord, thank you. You didn't call us to be somebody. You called us to be humble servants of the Most High God. And I have been faithful to that call. And I thank you for the joy and the peace that fill my heart. Now, Lord, I pray for those who are listening. I pray that you will guide their steps. For many of them, this word is going to be very devastating and very difficult because it's going to mean they're going to have to leave their work, their job. They're going to have to wait upon you. It may cost them everything they have. But they're going to have to come now and humble their heart before you and say, Lord, what would you have me do? What would you have me do? Lord, I thank you for your kindness and your mercy. Thank you, Jesus. I pray in your holy name. Amen. Well, you've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Pastor Ray from the National Prayer Chapel. My heart would be joyous if you're in the Washington metro area and you chose to come and worship with us on a Sunday morning. Why don't you come? I know if you make that decision, it could be pretty traumatic. But are you bold in Jesus Christ? I ask for your prayers and I ask for your financial support for this radio broadcast. It is a faith broadcast. It is a faith work. We run about $4,000 a month and we also have a small house church so we pay the rent I invite you to come see who we are our service begins at quarter of ten with prayer 
10 o'clock we formally said we were going to begin, but it's we couldn't wait that long to get started in prayer. We're all here, so let's pray. So that's what happens. We're not rigid. We're not formal. We're an informal house church. And then after the service is concluded, where I preach most Sundays, we then have a wonderful meal together. And you're welcome to come and eat with us where you can ask all the questions you want to ask. Now I want to take just a few minutes that we have left and I want to pray for for some of you. Lord, some who have listened to today's broadcast will be deeply troubled. Lord, I urge that you would call them to re- to read carefully Romans 6 and 8. And Lord, I pray that today the message has been helpful. And Lord, some today are sick. They're broken, as I am. I ask, Lord, that you would minister to those who are physically ill today. That they would have the courage to pray the prayer of faith. That they would turn aside from from anyone except you. And they would throw their life completely into your hands. And say, Lord, you are the mighty God of heaven. Nothing is too hard for you. You said by your stripes you are healed. By your by your stripes we are we are healed. Or you said in Mark 11, command this this tree to be cast into the depths of the sea or this mountain to be cast into the depths of the sea. In other words, those, those mountains of impossibility in our hearts and in our lives, you simply say, cast it into the depths of the sea. And as we do your will, Lord Jesus, as we obey your Holy Spirit, you said it will be done for you. So Lord, I've put my life on the line and I invite those who are sick to stop feeling sorry for themselves and to cry out to you until they know that you have heard them, that you've, that you've forgiven them for their sins, and that you will do for them what they have asked you to do. Lord, thank you. I pray in your name. Amen. This broadcast comes out of a deep well of commitment to Jesus Christ and of suffering for Jesus Christ. 
of being rejected and scorned by the church. But I stand by faith. And I'm not going to back away. I'm not going to shut up. I'm just going to keep following Jesus and I'm going to keep walking in the Spirit of God. I invite you to do likewise. That you give up all self-pity. You're not a victim. You're a son or a daughter of Jesus Christ. He loves you. He's here for you. But you're going to have to make some decisions about what you're going to do. And whether you're going to pursue him with all of your heart. I pray that you do have that first love in your heart. And that you will continue in obedience to Jesus. Not easy. But a lot easier than following the ways of the devil. Lord, I just pray a blessing for each person who has listened. I pray a blessing that you will order their steps according to your will and that they will have your peace in their hearts. God bless them today. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. All right, that's all the time we have for today. I love each of you. I'm going to call you every day to the straight and narrow path. There is no easy path to follow Jesus. God bless you. I'll talk to you soon. This is an three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.